Hey guys, before we get started with episode 2 of Key Comics Direct, I just want to let you know that I'm going to be leaving a link in the description of this video to a GoFundMe for a member of the Comic Book Fiend Club, Palmetto Punisher. His family is going through hard times right now, so it would mean a lot if you could check out their GoFundMe page and do anything you can to help them. It would mean a lot to me as well as him and his family, so definitely check that out. And also, I hope you enjoy this episode. My buddy Kyle is going to be on in a second, and we're going to get right down to it. What's up, Aaron? I love seeing Aaron in my lives. He's got, he's just a positive guy. Just changed, he used to be DC Comic Collector 99. Just changed his IG name to Detective Spiff. <laughs> Eddie Calvin and Hobbs fans will know what's up with that. My buddy Kyle is gonna be on in a hot second. What's up, JD? How are we doing today, JD? There he is, Key Comics official, right there. Let me lower the volume on this bitch. There you go. View. Turn my fan off so y'all can hear me clearly. Detective Spiff. Now that yeah. is what's up. <laughs> that, that's pretty cool. Uh, I hopped on right when... Uh, that's you, Aaron, you dude. Aaron is a cool guy. He sent me this Silver Surfer print just because it's, it's Gabriel Delato art, and it's really sick Ooh. from Annihilation. He's yeah. a really nice guy. Uh, JD, nice to see you again as always. We're just here to talk comics, talk shop, do our thing, be homies, yeah. and have a good time. Kyle's going to be moderating today because my laptop is shit, and he has all the topics. And to be so fair, Kyle broke his iPad. All right, quick story before we start. We filmed episode two a while ago, but I forgot to share it, and we lost it. I promise it's not going to happen again. We're so going to recap everything. We're going to do our best to recap. And, and also, amidst that episode, Kyle also broke his iPad. So it was very interesting, and I feel like bad that we lost what's it. What's funny is that, like, if if you had kept... Oh, shit, is that the Tom Lennon? Um, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. Friend from college. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought that was the guy from Reno 911. Like, no, no. But his, his, his name is also Tom. Oh. That's, that's <laughs> Tom from Long Island. Go ahead. Um, so yeah, we're gonna do our best to have a recap. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna try and throw in a couple of the jokes that we used last time because straight up, a few of them were too good. But you know, if we play this off right, then you won't even notice that we're doing it a second time. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. But, but what's new with you before we start? Like, how have you been since I last talked to you? I feel like something happened yesterday, but I, I just don't remember. Um, I've spent this morning. Um, oh, first of all, who new Stargirl episode came out yesterday? How was it? The the best one yet. We're big probably. fans of the Stargirl TV show on this show. It's really good. Like I know, and I still haven't watched it. I feel bad, dude. It's got like the perfect mix of like cheesiness that you need to acknowledge how ridiculous comics have been in the past with a certain respect and duty to have diversity and you know pitching this at a younger audience like i find all the high school drama to be ridiculous and boring and i don't get it but i know that some people are going to enjoy the show they're going to get into the show because they like courtney and then are going to be like there's a there's a Flash who didn't even wear a mask. And... You mean this isn't Riverdale? <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, JD mentions Brainwave Jr. This guy 
is so yes, that is the episode. It's a fantastic episode, Ray Wynn Jr. That's they did something that I wanted them to do in that episode, which was give someone a second chance. So there is a ginger muscular guy with a blue and yellow varsity jacket. That's Archie. There's no way that's not Archie. So the show is set in Blue Valley, Nebraska. That's Wally West's hometown. So when you see a ginger in Blue Valley on a TV show, and he's automatically an asshole. This guy is a bad character. He's a he's terrible. Spoiler like alert. The first thing we do is he like leans over someone's like, got any more pics to show us? Slut? In the middle of a fuck in the middle of a lunch table. And I'm just like You remember that you saw those guys in high school? We didn't have those guys, but they're out there, right? That's what high school's like. I feel well, bad yeah, that the kids are gonna watch the show and be like, when I go to high school, people are gonna call me slut for no reason. <laughs> well, you know, but now Umberto and I are good friends. Umberto. It's, it's not... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, I actually really enjoy Umberto. <laughs> Umberto's a great guy, yeah. It was either gonna be, I was gonna either say him or Derek, but I feel like people would take Derek too seriously. <laughs> Derek's in the Air Force now, bro. Uh, Derek Gonzalez, not Derek Bojan. Oh, oh, DG, right. Yeah, no, I saw Bojan just got a girlfriend, and I'm so happy for him. Like, yeah, good for I, him. I miss that little guy. I, I lost money on that bet. I thought he was He dated Tiffany for longer than, like, either of us dated anyway. anyone at Rainy. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> not the point. But, <laughs> um, so yeah, the new episode of Stargirl was really good. Um, so yeah, this guy, it, this ginger from Blue Valley shows up and he's an asshole. And I'm like, if this is Wally West, I'm going to send an angry letter to Jeff Johns. Something <laughs> that no one, that very few people are allowed to say in this world. I guarantee you Jeff Johns won't read it because Jeff Johns, like, he doesn't even have a profile picture on his Instagram. He's like Ghost see, World. He doesn't listen to anyone. <laughs> see, even better though. Jeff Johns wouldn't do that to my boy, yeah. Wally West. So that was Henry. How many volumes of Teen Titans did he write? He respects those characters a lot. Yeah, he's... I trust him. <laughs> Jeff, but yeah, Jeff Johns' is a classic flash, flash run, that was great. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I'm comfortable saying better than Mark Wade, but it's there's a reason that they happened so close together. Mm -hmm. They both did great. And, uh, so, do you think we should just jump right into it? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, nothing is really... Yeah, let's just go ahead and do it. I'm glad your day's been going well. Uh, nothing majorly new with me. I spent all day yesterday uh, watching uh, Star Wars episodes 7 through 9, and then I watched the first three episodes of The Mandalorian just to keep myself busy. Yeah, and I, I was listening to cool was... new pickups that I wanted to show you. I thought you were about to go, like, pick up lines, but that makes no, no, a lot look more sense. Funny. Yeah. Oh, is that Mephisto? First Mephisto. Is that Mantis or uh, no, that's Silver Surfer's Ball, that's Silver Surfer's girl. Okay, yeah. But this is the first Mephisto. I got this. My good friend sent that to me, and I share that to my live so you can watch it, too. And I got this, signed by Kevin Smith. Oh, that's so great. I was just, I've got... Um... And it's Mike Allred art. You know how much a fan I am of him. Yeah, no, I really enjoy Mike Allred. I, I never, like... I didn't know that for the longest time, mm. but um, I, so I've been putting together a cookbook of comic book themed dishes. Yes, you and, told me. Remember uh, when we had a dream of having a cafe that was also a comic book store? Yeah. And we started thinking of themed foods, and there was like one for the thing. It was like a, 
a clobber in time cobbler, something like that. Yeah, no, that that was actually that that's probably the mo one of the most realistic is the peach clobbering time because mm -hmm. it's already orange, it's already broken up. It's you already you, you remember all of this, man. Yeah, no, look, there's there's only a couple dishes I let I really remember because the old document that I had was just a notepad or a, a note on my iPad or on my iPod that I don't even know where that is now, mm -hmm. but. Some of my favorite dishes were the peach clobbering time, the uh, Magneto's matzo ball soup. Um, <laughs> Share this with my mom. My mom loves I did. I, she said I could have her specific recipe yes. because, <laughs> just because she respected I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna send this live stream to my mom real quick, see if she hops on and I'll kick you awesome. out and have my mom on the stream. <laughs> that, I would not blame you. That would be hilarious. Um, someday, if if I just want to pour it out for my homie, we can justifiably make the the Stacy Burger Burger. The Stacy Burger Burger. Oh no! <laughs> it better be kosher. She's Jewish. Remember? <laughs> exactly. Oh, so also the the uh, Bill Finger up, Nick? Burger. Do you remember That's that? That's my one? roommate from college, Nick McGann, the one and only. Go ahead. The uh, the Bill Finger Burger. This was right. This was a, like two years before Bill Finger started getting credited as the creator of Batman. And you mm -hmm. and I were just so passionate about this guy needs to be known. Yeah. And so we made. Remember, I, we had that hardcover book that my mom yeah. gifted me. I think we both have we a copy of it. All that about now. Bill Finger. We learned about his legacy, and we realized, like, okay, he didn't write these stories, but it was his idea for the Bat costume. It was his idea for the like a bunch of the things that. Make, make him have no powers, first of all. The original thing was like a blonde dude with actual physical bat wings, with no real, like as a mutant. And every, but everything we know about Batman at the very base level comes from Bill Finger and his inventiveness. Yeah, and it's a very Bill powerful Finger. story. You know, he changed his name because they weren't hiring Jews at the time. He, it was a very tumultuous time. And just to be a comic book writer took a lot of courage and he had a vision and he made it happen. And then it took years before Bob Kane even got credit, and let alone Bill Finger. So, but that's all that's happening recently. He's getting his just due. In the book, it talks about how at one of the first ever Comic Cons, uh, they pay homage to him and they let everyone know. But those were so small back then. The media yeah. was not what it is today. That was now that was like a just up. Large... And it's great seeing in rolling credits Bob Kane and Ampersand Bill Finger. And means they're, Ampersand means they're closer. They're closer. <laughs> yeah. Um, the. Uh... The Bill Finger Batburger was going to have a, um, a like the classic Batman insignia, as circular as possible. Uh, uh -huh. Like, kind of, we were going to make that out of metal and kind of toast it into the top of the bun. Oh, I'm sure those exist. I still stand by that. But um, didn't Bill Finger technically wasn't he? Didn't he make it so Batman was the first superhero to wear gloves because of he, the detective aspect of Batman? I can't confirm, but it sounds like him. Because I'm fairly certain, because that was 1939. There aren't a whole lot of heroes that came before that. Mm -hmm. And so, like, Superman didn't have gloves. Wonder Woman didn't have gloves. I, I really feel like Batman... The whole thing built... about the utility belt and the gadgets and being a detective, yeah. that was him. The, the purple... Some purple gloves with a gray costume. Mm -hmm. If Robert <laughs> Pattinson doesn't even doesn't have that, at, at the very least, as, like, a beyond year one look where it's just... I'm not wearing hockey pads. I remember. Snow pants. I remember when Robert like, Pattinson said he wasn't gonna work out hardcore, and I was like, "Oh, so he's Golden Age Batman?" Because that guy was pudgy as hell. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> like I, I heard that. Um, oh, it was. I think Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. Um, somebody was mentioning how, like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna. 
I'm not going to be a Marvel actor. I'm going to, I'm going to portray the way the Batman would be mm-hmm. in the time that this is set. And do we uh, know so, when the Pattinson Batman movie is set? So it could be. I think it's going to be relatively Gotham esque, where you don't, or it never outwardly says it. You have certain hints, like in Gotham, the closest I've been able to uh, pin down a timeline is Zaz's cell phone ringtone is Funky Town. <laughs> that is the only chronological um, staple I can find in all of Gotham, the mm-hmm. show, not just like in general, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, in the show, and so I think the movie is going to be very similar with that, where, like, uh, there's going to be people dressed in, like, fedoras, but also... This could be around then. Yeah, I don't... I, I, I don't I know love what I'm comfortable with saying. He's probably yeah. my favorite character in Gotham besides Jim Gordon. He's, he's, he's awesome. I just... I feel like we mentioned this the first episode. Can we just do it right? Just... It's not hard. It's really, really not hard to do it of correct Victor's as we've seen him in two movies or no we've seen him in a movie or two movies and a show in mm-hmm. the dark Knight, uh he was on one of the boats that joker was going to blow up and he was in birds of prey and then he was in gotham easily the best interpretation is the batman arkham games because he's got scars all over him he's he just does like one or two sadistic things per game perfect show <laughs> a little bit have him be true to the character, which is not difficult to do at all. He was in Birds of Prey, you're right. You know, I just watched that the other day. I forgot, like, what he did in that movie because he yeah. was a minor character. He, like, I forget what Black Mask did in that movie because, like, that was just weird, too. I don't but know, I, Hugh McGregor was just too good as Black Mask. Like, he, <laughs> he was, was fantastic. No, but I thought Dude, it was he, cool. It was cool. You know, like, that's how you have, you have to do it differently if you're going to have a successful Black Mask, because how many times do we see a gangster in a comic movie? It happens all the time. Like, the, like I mean, hello, like, King, Kingpin did it perfectly, and, like, they do it for a whole bunch of versions. I mean, Jack Nicholson. Well, how do you justify whole... bringing Black Mask instead of another typical gangster supervillain? Honestly, and they him I think it's really easy. Yeah, he guy. has to be extravagant, because he's a Batman villain. Do you know why almost every Batman villain wears a suit? Because Batman himself has already done the, the crazy thing and wearing, like, the spandex. So they're all like, okay, might as well make a show out of it. But mm-hmm. Black Mask, he, in the comics, he's got some okay stories. In Batman Arkham Origins, uh, it, like, spoiler alert, even though the game's been out over eight, over six All right, years. let's make a standard. If it's been out for more than a full month, no matter what it is, movie, game, or TV show, we can talk about it. No whole Okay, point. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dad. Uh, <laughs> is that your dad? Yeah, no, that's 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 Dad. I didn't recognize him with the beard for a second. I was, is that oh, yeah. Johnson from Comic Book Man? <laughs> no, he he hasn't shaved since retirement. He's like cleaned it up, but two years ago, almost to the day, like I think it was the twenty fourth to like twenty eighth is when he retired. Yeah, and that's he's just pirate beard. No, yeah. leave it. Let it go. Yeah, no, he loves it. I'm, I, We're an iPad for good it. measure. And then when people ask if the iPad is real, just flip it up and say, no, I have 2020. <laughs> yeah. And so Black Mask, he, I find the best uh, interpretation of him is probably either Under the Red Hood, the, the book yes. or the show yes. or the movie. The animated Under the, the Red Hood was movie good. is my favorite yeah. animated Batman movie, except 
like, except for Mask of the Phantasm. That's actually my favorite DC animated movie of all of them. That's, that's a good call, yeah. Um, but they made Black Mask despisable on enough levels, but they, they made him relatively whimsical. It, it, so it just, I think his portrayal gave us a guy to dislike, gave us a... I'm talking to Borinkin Comics. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know, I own the book, uh, La Borinquena. I just, I still haven't read all of it. Oh, La Borinquena, that was yeah. really good. Yeah, from, it, I forget so, the name of the company, but Edgardo Miranda, something, something, something. I is, have... Is she... Is one, I have issue one and the variant cover for issue one. They're both third printings because they're really hard to find. They're like actual mm -hmm. books. And then I have the reconstruction graphic novel where they team up with DC superheroes. Oh. That's what I meant. I've, I've got the reconstruction novel. I don't have uh, La Marine Kenya's solo stuff. So is she yeah. is she canonically DC or no? She is, but they don't use her very often. Like, they haven't created an ongoing series. I think okay. most recently they have issue four out, but they're very thick. And they're very self-contained, and they take place in Puerto Rico, where most yeah. of the continuity does not take place. So, you know, it's whatever. Well, so the big thing about reconstruction was that she was teaming up with DC characters, and with her and Wonder Woman on the cover, all this, a lot of the sales, or at least a large portion, were going towards relief, and that's why they did that. Yeah, and that's perfect. Like, um, it's more malleable uh, for people, you know. So, yeah. like, all right, you got Wonder Woman, I'll buy it, you know. So I know you're not all that big of a gamer. Have you heard of Overwatch or like played I've that heard at Overwatch. all? I know. I, all I remember on the way to on the way to Comic Con, you, Derek, and I watched like all the cinematic trailers, and it was like Pixar level quality, but for these like superhero type first-person shooter characters. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, a little over two years ago, Overwatch did um, put out this one skin for a character that cost um, 15 real dollars, which, you know, would be a lot. But, real dollars. This is real monies we're talking. We're well, yeah, it's not, it's not like in-game currency, which yeah. you can get just from playing the game and unlocking loot boxes. But it cost $15. It was DLC. And um, it... Uh, where was I going? One moment. All of the proceeds went to, so it was called Pink Mercy. And Mercy is a healer who literally, um, on the field, like when she sees you die, you've got like this little glowing orb where you died. And if she comes in before you respawn, she can bring you back to life right where you are. Mm. Uh, but then she can also like heal and damage boost you throughout the match. So she had this skin called Pink Mercy and all the proceeds went straight to breast cancer research. And so I bought one for me, one for my girlfriend at the time, one for my best friend. And I had no problem doing it. And so earlier this year, when they were doing all the Australian wildfires, there are two Australian characters in the game now. Roadhog, who's my least favorite character. He's this big, fat uh, bounty hunter with a hook, a uh, gas mask that's like, uh, it's got like a pointed pig snout with like a Deathstroke Mad white Max man bun. Road style. Yeah, no, that's the point. This, so the game's set in 2076, oh. and Australia has straight up turned into Mad Max. Uh, but only Australia, really. <laughs> Every other countries are thriving in like other ways. Like, there's even a map in uh, Gibraltar, which is Iran or Iraq, and it's one of the most gorgeous maps in the game. Uh, but so the, the bounty hunter duo, there's Roadhog. I hate him the most. He his hook shooting combo is just deals way too much damage, and then he can just heal up to full health like that, which is ridiculous. Up, My favorite character is his partner, Junkrat. Junkrat is an insane Australian pyro, 
pyromaniacal amputee. So he's got a peg leg and a robotic uh, hand. And then he has just a grenade launcher and bear traps and like mines that he throws down, steps on, and then uses them to launch around the map and they don't do damage to him. So he's my favorite by far. Um, so when the Australian wildfires were happening in, um, oh, Australia, I said that at the beginning of the sentence. <laughs> when the Australian wildfires were happening, uh, the voice actor, uh, forget his name because I, I know him more. I know a lot of actors uh, when it comes to voice acting more is their like Instagram names than their uh, actual names sometimes. And so uh, Mensa Mead, uh, he's a roadhog. Uh, he actually tweeted out a picture of fan art that someone made. It was a roadhog DLC skin where all the proceeds would have gone to um, the wildfires, which Blizzard didn't end up doing, but I think that would have been incredible. And so I love creative stuff in the vein of charitable efforts mm -hmm. like that's some of my favorite stuff that's freaking sick and that and reconstruction did that pretty well yeah and so uh like we were in the last episode which you know the viewers will never know if this is true but we talked about <laughs> characters we would want to see in a future justice league not just in a oh this is the new superman new batman new wonder woman new flash but like genuine change like the way cyborgs come in in the past 10 years um, so in the last episode we mentioned, uh, or at least I mentioned Beast Boy is someone who I really want to see maybe like his name would be Changeling again. Maybe it'd be Change Master, Beast, Beast of Bullet or something. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to see him, uh, Naomi. We both mentioned how much we love, uh, how- We love Naomi and we love what Brian Michael Bendis did with that character and we love yeah. how it was self-contained, a short story. And how they paid homage to other yeah. uh, creators who emphasis on diversity in comics, like Dwayne and, and so uh, it hasn't been super successful with DC, but they tried it with, or not like Naomi specifically, but uh, they did Naomi, Sideways, Damage, uh, Silencer. Some oh, yeah, and that one guy, he had like power, power. Really? he was like Inferno or something like that. Uh, Brimstone, oh, maybe? Brimstone, yeah. Brimstone, okay. Curse of Brimstone. That's Curse of, I liked that one because it was metal. Like, you know, I bought those for mm -hmm. the covers. But I enjoyed Sideways because of the story. I thought it was cool. I think Sideways is a really neat character who, he's now in um, the Young Justice Wonder Comics run. It's a Wonder Comics that's also uh, that's up with uh, Naomi and uh, Wonder Twins. So in recently in Young Justice, they were like, hey, we need help for this battle. Uh, hey, thanks for coming, JD. Take care, JD. Uh, it was a lot of time um, recently, they had um, the Wonder Twins, Sideways, Arrowette, Calderon, Aquaman, um, H for Hero, which I didn't even understand until this year. Dial H um, for Hero, man. I love the. I, 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 my first introduction to those guys was DC Comics Presents Volume One. They had an issue of Superman yeah. team with it. That was their team up book where Superman did it, just like how Marvel team up with Spider Man with everyone, depending on the issue. That was my introduction to them. Cool story. Decent characters. And frankly, I've had that idea before, not knowing that that was a thing. I just dial H for Hero, and now it makes sense, the title. I've just I've always heard the title and never understood what it was. Um, but yeah, so some of the characters that were that showed up after Metal, um, it's like Sideways, Naomi, Wonder Twins came back, Brimstone. I like how they've been taking uh they've been accepted in young justice because i want to see them be integrated more into dc 
And so that brings me to, I think um, Sideways should be a legitimate Teen Titan. Um, I think Naomi, or Teen Titan or uh, Young Justice member, maybe even Outlaw, if uh, his story kind of takes that turn. Mm-hmm. Um, but Naomi, I think, would be a good Justice Leaguer. I think she could lead it. Down the line. <laughs> she, she comes of age. Yeah, she has the experience. She could lead the Justice League. Then there was another character I thought of. Um, so I know I, I said that I didn't want to mean, oh, just, and then the next Superman, the next Wonder Woman. However, I do want to see Supergirl as a, just, as a, not like just a limited field agent, but a mm-hmm. core member of a limited group. Like, yeah. I want her to be one of the seven. In in the Superman Batman series, they wrote Supergirl excellently. Yeah. And she was just simply stronger than Superman, and like you hear that a lot when you're reading about her continuity and that she's like had some feats. You know how yeah. like when mothers lift a car off a baby, she <laughs> has like that equivalent to the Superman abilities. You know, so she can go yeah. like berserker, and she's it's like good good superhero. You know, more interesting exactly. than Superman. I, like Superman could be a super boar sometimes. Take a nice long drink. Go ahead. Honestly, yeah. Uh, shout out to Newberry Comics, the uh, greatest comic shop in New England. No, Brink, and I have I don't have that printing error, but let me know what the issue is here in the comments, and I'll go look for it. I love printing errors. Edit. Yes. Do you have a bat dick copy of Batman Damned? No, I didn't buy Batman Damned. I don't have anywhere to put magazine size books. In my collection. I know, but, but like I, I, one I, I run, didn't even know there was a one run of the bat dick. Already sold out everywhere, bro. Exactly, and so I I have a copy of it. I've got a picture of the bat dick saved on my phone just because somebody managed to find one, and I was just like, I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to find it. So just in case I ever need it, I've got it. And in local heroes, um, a comic shop in. Uh, in Ghent, Norfolk, which is about 1520. Dude, Bat Manga. This is one of my favorite shirts. Don't, don't, don't go anywhere. All right, keep talking. Go ahead. You remember, uh, remember this? Yeah. Is that, go the, ahead. is that the Spanish version? The one I got in the Dominican Republic. Go ahead. Yeah, keep dude, talking. I've got Flash Zero Year in Spanish. On the back it's... of this is an ad for Batman Manga. I had yeah. no idea. Dude, this thing is, I, so I bought a Bat Manga book for my buddy Zach. 25 de Julio. <laughs> <laughs> See, so I invented. There's this one key comics character, and so it's based off of a meme uh, between like fr- my friends and I, but also that a meme that this one YouTuber named Ted Nivison started uh, when he was doing his streaming. He just he saw this picture of a lion, and it's just a face of a lion, and it takes up like his whole screen, and it's a gigantic picture. So he's just oh, oh my god is big lion and so I, I think you've seen my my pictures of that on snapchat where i'm just like you know what time it is it's big lion and so <laughs> i wanted to pay homage to that in key comics and so you said you haven't seen here academia yet correct no i have not you have hulu i i yeah i mooch off andrew's hulu <laughs> okay please give it a try because you know i'm not an anime guy and i'm a big superhero guy and you know Andrew is also not an anime guy. Andrew liked it. Mm. I think it's a better story than a good deal of comics. Like, okay. Based on inspiration alone. Mm-hmm. But um, the number one hero in that world is named All Might. And he's voiced All by Might. Chris Sav- 
Chris Sabat, who uh, did the voice for Vegeta, um, Shenron, uh, all sort like all sorts of anime voices. Oh, okay. Um, so in Key Comics, there is essentially a version of All Might that the, in the way he talks, because his voice is ha ha ha, Doria, <laughs> you're safe now. He's, he, and he's got a red, white, and blue costume, yellow, like pointy hair, and he's I've massive. seen, I've seen his pop. Yeah, exactly. So he's meant to be just sort of an embodiment of American culture, the way people from Japan see it. And I think that's awesome. That's that's much funnier. That's that's much more enjoyable than like Captain America or Captain Britain. Like, I don't like patriotic heroes all that much. Like, sometimes it's kind of cool, but other times it's just ridiculous. Like, they, they usually tend to be old when patriotism was like necessary for survival. But now that like we moved away from it, it's, but, it's part of the reason why they change up Superman and Captain America, for example. So not even that. It's just it it shows how little some comic writers think of things like okay we're gonna make granted it's different golden age times like that is innovative we don't we don't have what we have today without that but you you don't need to so keep doing that, exactly you know? we have to we have to respect the past and give them you know a, a guy who's um he's got the american he's got an american theme american flag themed costume french flag themed costume Captain, or a British flag themed costume. You can have That's a couple. That's why I love of Union Jack because he's edgy as exactly. fuck. I you can love have it. a couple of them. But Evan, can you name more than two British superhero teams? Dude, you know how you know how hard it is for me to answer that question. The first thing that went to my head was Alpha Flight, and they're Canadian. Like that doesn't even make any sense. So the two that I can think of. Oh, I didn't even think of Alpha Flight. That's a good example. <laughs> the, the two that I can think of are. The Elite from that one Superman movie. Superman vs. The Elite, yep. And um, Excalibur. I like Excalibur a lot. I, no, I love Excalibur, but it's led by Captain Britain. It's named Excalibur. You can tell that it was written by Americans. They mm -hmm. think that because they're from this country, everything has to be about that country, mm -hmm. which isn't exactly true. Like, Key Comics, we've got a cryokinetic who, you know, he controls ice from Spain. You know, and then, even then, why would a character from another country that speaks a different language have an English name? That doesn't make I sense was, to me. This is all good points, and we could probably do a whole episode about this, but I was recently watching a documentary about diversity in comics, because that's, like, one of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. And independent publishers are starting to get this right, where they're like, even if they try to make characters who are of different diversity and of a different ethnicity than them, there's a lot of finger pointing. Be like, how can you speak on the experiences of this minority group if you have never lived in yourself? So it becomes very difficult, but they keep trying. And I love yeah. that. But independent publishers are doing very well by, uh, for example, like taking luchador superheroes and giving them names like El Mano del Destino instead of El Revenjo. You know what I'm saying? Which would make it more malleable to a larger audience but being more truthful to the character. And like, they talk what's, about like, Bane is a luchador, really funny. but doesn't do anything that a luchador does. You know what exactly. I'm saying? What's so really we're changing in, in this medium that is still like, you know, growing where a lot of people don't even get the rights of their own characters. You know, mm -hmm. diversity is- Oh, is don't even get started on that, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we'll do a whole episode on that though. But you, said, you mentioning luchadors brings me back to my original point. Mm -hmm. I wanted to pay homage to Big Lion. So, <laughs> Introducing the Spanish hero, Leon Grande, <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's so over the top. Just ha ha ha! I will always <laughs> smile. 
<laughs> he's it's I love everything that I've like every thought I've had about him so far but I also wanted to not just throw a curveball for not just for diversity's sake but f with the writers that Key Comics has I know that we can make it not just a token Leon Grande is in one of the most admirable relationships with his husband and we need some we, we need more gay characters because that's just the way it is that's the way the cookie crumbles man more people are gay thus the superheroes should reflect that you know were we talking about jewish superheroes or was that something else i was watching i think it was like we were talking about my section. mom <laughs> okay no i mean like in previous episodes because i don't think so Jewish characters are really underrepresented, seeing really underrepresented in my opinion, especially seeing as so many characters or so many of the original creators were heavily Jewish. Like we mentioned Bill Finger and everything. Jacob so, like, Kurtzberg is Jack Kirby. <laughs> Thank you very much. Stanley Lieber. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And, um, so, who are your favorite Jewish superheroes? I don't know. I, like, that's like, because I can know about superheroes. I like, can it's hard for me to get that deep into their background to know their religious beliefs. So the they believe in justice in that. <laughs> for the most part, yes. So, the ones that come to mind for me um, Kitty Pride, Magneto. Oh my god, the thing. The thing is my the thing, favorite yeah. Jewish superhero. Absolutely. Yes, I remember I have the issue where he marries Alicia Masters and like like that's the biggest yarmulke I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Um uh Kate Kane, Batwoman, uh technically Bruce Wayne. I think he's half Jewish by blood. Um so yeah, you and Bruce Wayne are similar in that regard. No, you're cool. <laughs> well weren't um, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster both gay I not gay, but <laughs> Jewish. Or are, they are, uh, are, you, are, you, are you proud? Bill of Finger was definitely Jewish because Bill Finger is not his name. He has a Jewish name. Are you, um, are you proud you invited your mom to this one? Yeah. Jewish yeah, gay. What's the difference? My mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, in, in the little a uh, uh, intro like picture I have for this episode, it's going to be R two heads and then thing with the yamaka. <laughs> wait, actually, I think I've seen that. Like, I, I think I'm pretty sure I've seen a picture where it's the thing with literally like the curls. Yeah. Like no, I have that comic book. Yeah. Okay, I thought so. That's that must have been where I've seen it then. Um, yeah. So I bet you could. I don't know. Yeah, but that's definitely <laughs> good point. Um, also, did you know? I forget who it is. I'm pretty. It was either Jerry Siegel or Joe Schuster. One of them is a Toronto native. They're Canadian. Yeah, there's. I've been surprised recently because I saw a how PSA many people on YouTube out an old Canadian PSA. Where it's like one of them getting on a train. Here, take this. It'll be worth something one day. As he's going to America and it's a, a sketch of Superman. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think technically Peter Parker is Jewish. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, that's been a thing at some point, right? I don't know anything about his parents. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure Peter Parker and... Um, Harley Quinn both have Jewish heritage or Jewish backgrounds, and like in some stories, they are they they celebrate Hanukkah. Um, and then one of the last ones that I come up with, I actually know that because of a Justice League Unlimited comic that Andrew gave me when we were kids. Um, 
uh, Adam Smasher uh, is Jewish. Oh, cool. Sure. Well, yeah. he's going to be in the Black Adam movie. Yeah. So last episode, ladies and gents. <laughs> well, the episode recap, I lost last episode. Yeah. My internet glitched, my phone is crap, and it deleted forever. And we're going to recap very j briefly the things we talked about there, because we talked about Wonder Comics. We talked about uh, this. Go ahead. So we, we mentioned, I mentioned that there are rumors in the Black Adam, or about the Black Adam movie that he's going to, that, that the Justice Society is going to be in it. Um, I don't know if it's going to be as antagonists or if it's going to be that, that era where Black Adam's a member, which is part of my current redesign for the Justice Society. I have always enjoyed considering Black Adam as not only a threat. Um, and so he, he honestly jumps back and forth between being the worst person that you can go up against in DC to like a guy who can be convinced to aid you. Uh, but we talked about our fan casts and um, who... Patrick Warburton for Shazam. Patrick Warburton for Shazam. Yeah, one of the <laughs> comments said that. Um, but for just the uh, just society in general, um, there was... Have you seen Rocketman yet? I've seen Rocketman, yeah. So the guy who plays his dad, uh, my buddy Zach and I just watched Rocketman last week, and I see, I see the guy who plays his dad, and I was like, that's Alan Scott right there. <laughs> Uh, like I thought he was perfect for that. Um, We're big fans of Golden Age uh, Green Lantern over here and, and his weakness from wood. <laughs> and so in the episode, we mentioned who, what society members we wanted to see. And then two, two hours later, I think it was that day, right? Mm -hmm. Just a little bit later, we see that uh, Noah Centineo of um, Netflix movie fame is... <laughs> Going and to he, play Adam Smasher now. And he and is a pretty boy. Do you think Hollywood is going to be like, all right, I'm paying for this pretty actor. You better take off that mask. Or are they going to do the right thing and leave his mask on for the entire movie? So like how they should have done with Sylvester Stallone's Judge Dredd. So I don't know if it's going, if, I don't know if they're going to, the choice of someone so pretty does make me skeptical. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if they're going to, have him be actually Adam Smasher, or have him be maybe like Damage, but the guy who Adam becomes Smasher. Adam Smasher, you know? Yeah, but so like in Damage, he's got a like he's got a burnt face under his mask. So I think they're gonna show him be pretty, show him be ugly, show him with the mask and kind of get come to terms with it, and then Probably, never take it off. Yeah, I that's what they should th do. That's entirely possible, in my opinion, especially because it's like Liam Neeson, Dark Man. <laughs> like it's like having um no that's 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 too realistic um but yeah i used the judge dread example because i just learned a lot about 2000 ad in that mm -hmm. british publishing company and i've grown really attached to it recently and the sylvester stolen judge Dredd movie featuring uh rob schneider <laughs> was so bad and one of the reasons it was so bad is because they were paying for sylvester stallone they Hollywood said, I need to see his face. And then mm. J Judge Dredd took off his helmet. Judge Dredd doesn't fucking do that. That's why when Carl Urban it's much closer to what we wanted. <laughs> it was much closer to what we wanted because he never took it off. And it was much more apocalyptic and gory and less story oriented and more about the, the sheer violence in the punk rock era. You know? Yeah. So you, when there's an element see... that important about a character, like he never takes off his mask, you, you got to respect that. Yep, that's why the Mandalorian worked. That's it why the Mandalorian. Oh my God, I was watching the last night. It's so 
good. You, you've got Paige, you, you're hiding a face as handsome as Pedro Pascal. That's disrespectful. The only time you see him, he has like blunt force trauma to the head, and he's like, oh, 10 times of fucked up. <laughs> like, it's if it's important to the character, keep it, keep it important to the character. Like, jeez. Yeah. I know, he's still getting paid. Damn, dude. Mm -hmm. What else did we talk about last episode that we missed? So, we talked about where we would want to live in oh. nerd pockets. So I had to change my answer because you made so much fun of me. <laughs> so I just had what I felt to be the safest, like what the idea that works for me also happened to be the safest bet because you want it to be interesting. You don't want to go to, I'm not good with geography. Where are the Great Lakes? Michigan. I'm not going to go to Michigan just so I can be protected by Squirrel Girl, Doorman, and Flatman. Yeah. I'm going to enjoy my time in a, a still popular city, either Central City or Keystone, if I'm protected by the Flash. If you think about the way his villains are, you're a lot less likely to be Joker, po Joker gas poisoned. You're a lot less likely. Like, I think something I said specifically in the last episode was, you go, you go on a train in Gotham, there's a one in three chance that's going to blow up. In, <laughs> in like a Flash-protected city, not just because he's the Flash and his style kind of works more for situations like that, also his villains, they're, they're not... A lot of his villains aren't that ruthless, innocent people. Like, his, his villains, at least the rogues, the rogues have codes. Eobard Thawne just messes with people he 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 does sadistic stuff to innocent people to get to Barry. so like truly innocent people just don't be in the wrong place all that wrong time with him which is like living in the first place exactly so gotham you know you could die at any second metropolis how many times have you seen the daily planet planet globe not on the top of the daily planet yeah. too how many, many times, times that for me to feel you. safe in metropolis too many <laughs> times and coast city Coast City just disappeared one time. Yeah, and then Al, and then, uh, Al Jordan went berserk. A, um, and and then snapped it back. <laughs> he he Thanos snapped it back. It was really, that was an emotional comic book. God damn, I love that one. That was Ron, I got it signed by Ron Mars here in my Hellboy short five. But a, uh, yeah, and he like conjured it up with his Green Lantern power. And that's the same storyline that introduced Kyle Rayner. It was actually the first appearance of Kyle Rayner, that very book. And, uh, do, you think, do you think the Russo brothers got inspiration from that? For, for what? For the, people call it decimation, but mathematically speaking, decimation only means a tenth of the population. So I call it the snapping because that's a lot funnier to me. But Thanos snapping his fingers and wishing away half of life in the universe. I Like that, him doing that and then Tony doing the blip is the equivalent of Mongol destroying Central City and, or start Central City. And Greenland or Green Lantern as par Parallax wishing it back. Well, you know, Muscle is, is literally a Thanos uh, look-alike. One of them. <laughs> so it's completely possible that that took uh, inspiration from there. But you know, it's just the snapping is just so much like uh, Infinity Gauntlet issue number three. I'm pretty sure it is, mm -hmm. or issue number two. So, but I did love that series. Oh, that was so good. That's from Green Lantern volume. Three, 
it starts around issues uh, in the late 40s, and then it goes on all the way to like 130-something, and it's just Kyle Rayner, and I love it. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that series also shows us the death of Hal Jordan, Hal Jordan coming back as Parallax, uh, Kyle Rayner, Kyle Rayner getting his new costume, coming into his own, you know, and who eventually went on to establish all of what Jeff Johns did with the Green Lantern series. Uh, I find his Kyle Rayner writing to be some of the best out there. And he is one of my favorite superheroes, too. Because he is, the, in my opinion, the most powerful Green Lantern from Earth. So, Or the most capable, you know, the things he can do. So this is pretty off topic, but you, you've read, like, individual issues of Amalgam, right? Yes, I've read... So I've, read you, all, I've read all of Doctor Strange Fate. I've yeah. read Amazon, oh, and so I've you know, read uh, first access. issue of Dark Claw. You know Access, the red and blue costumed guy? Access, yeah. So he was invented for that because he, his entire purpose in life is to push Marvel and DC apart. Oh. However, both happening in 2020, in, uh, the la- in, one of the last, in the last issue of Doomsday Clock, Dr. Manhattan is narrating, and he's telling, he's, he talks about the, the changes he made, like it's July 9th, 1941. Alan Scott is on a train. The train is about to be destroyed. I place the, I grab his lantern and put it four inches to the left. He does not survive. The Justice Society doesn't form because of that. Superman, as a, as a baby rocket, doesn't come to Earth as soon, and so Superman wasn't part of the Justice Society either. And so, and then Dr. Manhattan has been manipulating everything for years. He grabs flat. He grabs Thomas Wayne out of Flashpoint and brings him to the current universe. He grabs Jor-El from seconds before Krypton's explosion, and that's Dr. Oz. If you didn't know what was happening in Rebirth Superman, yeah. And so then Dr. Manhattan was uh, mentioned that. Um, but in this, he says it is January 2026. The timeline is restored, and Earth 5G is born. Now, that's something that we've been, talk- like been talking about. Like AT&T 5G rollout. So what's weird, why would they call it that if 5G is the base of like it's a bunch ass. of conspiracy it's series right now? Ass. That's crazy to me. Um, and Earth 5G is born. And so DC's mentioned that 5G is going to be like the next sort of direction for DC. The rumor is Batman's retiring and uh, Luke Fox is going to be the new Batman. Yes, um, I have heard that. Um, me, is Luke Fox the new Robin or Batwing? I haven't seen him in long enough. I don't know what he's up to, frankly. Because I, I, Fox, I don't know when Fox, the last time I saw him was. And isn't he, Batwing he was Batwing. Fox? Yeah, he was Batwing. Um, the black Robin is Duke Thomas. Do you okay, know? different person. Okay, I haven't yeah. read anything with him. Oh, dude, he, he went from Robin to Lark to Signal. Um, and so now he's a part of the Outsiders. And he's the bat, he's, Signal is the Bat family member that fight, fights crime in the day. Like, that's what he's known for. Oh, and oh he, I mean, damn, yeah, the necessary crime that take place during the day. And so he also, he's got, he's got powers. The reason, and so all of this happened before, all of this, happened starting or this is everything that happened showing like signals powers for the first time and this explanation i'm about to give you happened just before metal or dark knight's metal happened so joker was in the bat cave explaining to batman and signal that they have to destroy this device otherwise some dark evil will come to earth it did um 
Bar Barbados, Batman Who Laughs, Perpetua, all of that has happened prob probably because of that. And so Joker destroys this machine because he's like, no, 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 no. I need to be top dog. There can't, someone, nobody can out-crazy me. I need to be the biggest villain. And Batman's like, did you actually do something responsible for once? But then uh, Duke Thomas signals like, don't worry, Batman, I know how to fix it. And so what he does is he has power over light, specifically in a way that he sees where light has been. So he can just witness memory. Oh, like um, Abe Sapien, the way he like yeah. put his hand over the thing and just saw that full fight. I'm yes. pretty sure that's how Duke Thomas's powers work, too. That's kind of cool. So he has um, power powers. Yeah. And so Joker was explaining when he was destroying that machine that the first time a metahuman was ever found, they came up with the name metahuman because they found a strange metal in their blood, which was just nth metal, the stuff that um, Hawkman and Hawkgirl have their equipment made out of. But if nth metal's in your blood, there were only four digits on like the keypad to label it. And so that's why humans are called M-E-T-A, meta-humans. It's just metal. Hence Dark Knight's metal, yes. Yeah! <laughs> How long ago have they been planning this? Because yeah, I, was... And then I look in the book, I look in uh, 52, and Booster Gold goes to Rip Hunter, and it's like, Rip Hunter's lab, and he sees a bunch of stuff scrawled on the whiteboard. Everything on the whiteboard has to do with, um, with Flashpoint, like specific things happening in Flashpoint. And I was like... I, we know what this means now, but we didn't then, which I get is how stories work, but that's still so cool. Yeah. Comics are meant to be reread, my guy. And so follow, following up on Dr. Manhattan's narration, it is June 17th, 2026. Superman goes on a quest to find Bruce Wayne's lost daughter so, he, so she can save Bruce's son. What? I don't know if you know this, but Selena Kyle is currently pregnant. Nice. Chalk one up for the boys. <laughs> On July 10th, 2030, the secret crisis begins. So, you know what DC's thing is? They do a bunch of crises. And in the next episode, I'll tell you about my gripes with crises because of Dan DiDio's quote, which we mentioned last episode, but we gotta yeah, go over one, for the Which I did save, and you can yeah. see on this. Okay, that was the first pilot. episode then? Yes. Okay, yeah, that's good. We talked mad shit about Tantadio. <laughs> so DC uses the term crisis for all of their big events. Marvel uses the term secret for all of their events. Secret Wars, Secret Secret Wars, Secret Wars 2, Secret Wars again. Secret, secret invasion. invasion. Secret Invasion, Secret Empire, Secret... I want to say there's an X-Men based one. It's not so secret when you make a book about it. <laughs> On July 10th, 2030, the secret crisis begins. Throwing Superman into a brawl across the universe with Thor himself and the green behemoth, stronger than even Doomsday, dies protecting Superman from these invaders. In its wake, Superman's timeline shifts forward again. In the same month, Thor had like the Odin force where he was, or like the star brand power or something like that. And... This is getting complicated. Then what? What? <laughs> but, but, but because this is super important mm -hmm. Thor is doing the same thing he's flying through and he, because he had like I think it was like Odin Vision all father power something like that he was able to see a bunch of future and stuff and there was this one panel where it was like 
a green streak, a red streak, something other streak going through a city and Thor narrating saying, um, at some point we needed greater assistance and we received a guardian of light, a guardian of darkness, a guardian of hope, um, a guardian of speed, a guardian of This water. sounds like the Justice League. Exactly. And both teased that within eight to ten years, they're coming. They both said that at the same time. And so I think... Oh, within the same month of publication. Within, oh, this, I yeah, with, within the same month of publication, Dr. Manhattan said that and Thor said that. Ooh. And so... Thor is Marvel's big ticket right now with Donny Cates writing him. Exactly. And uh, so I think we need to be on the lookout for access because if you don't know to look for a, like a bulky red shoulder pads on a blue leather jacket, you're not going to see them. But the second anyone, the second anyone watches the, watching this sees that, let us know where, so I can track this as soon as I can because we need um, the first appearance of access. We need it slapped, exactly. signed, that, and graded right now. But not just that. Activation activate. You've seen um, I think I, I think we talked about this in Puerto Rico, and I didn't get it until I read further in Justice League. But in every issue, uh, in in every first issue of a news fifty two title. You can see in the background this weird purple glowing hooded figure, and so, wasn't, that, uh, wasn't that Pandora? That was Pandora witnessing, which I never understood until Trinity of Sin when I saw that and everything. Um, they plant the seeds. They have a plan. They, they have like the a five-year plan, like any other normal business. And then after Trinity of Sin happens, a few years go by, and Rebirth starts, and Pandora's running or Pandora's uh, running away from someone, and blows up in the exact same pattern, splatter pattern, as Rorschach did. Yeah. And then, um, so did, did you read the, the book just called Rebirth? Like, that's kicked, that was Wally and Flash hugging again? And mm -hmm. so, that, that story sort of confirmed for me that Wally is straight up Dr. Manhattan from this universe, even before he had literally the symbol and the new costume and everything. They had the same watch. The watch that meant so much to Dr. Manhattan's story, the one he left in there, the one that he takes apart, the big clock. Yeah, his dad was a watchmaker. Yeah. Wally West's grandfather was a watchmaker. And he has this watch oh. with engraved on the back every second count or every second counts. And Dr. Manhattan's like taking it apart, taking the watch apart and putting it back together. And you can see the engraving on the back. This is like freaky. Wally West is Dr. Manhattan. What? You gotta be kidding me. That this isn't canon and yet. And sometimes it is. Well, I mean you this say, is canon, but like well, this is like not but have, this is your hypothesis. Is this guaranteed? Have you seen Have you seen what Wally West looks like now? Have you seen him in Wally a blue costume in the movie? Wally West chair? is Dr. Manhattan. He's a, he always he's, has his costume is, is blue. It, it, instead of being like light red and dark red, it is dark blue, light blue. He's got the Dr. Manhattan circle dot dot on his forehead. Right, we talked about this. Yeah. Plus, these, the same arc. This doesn't mean anything, but I just find it an awesome coincidence to have at this point. The actor that played Dr. Manhattan in Watchmen played Henry Allen in Justice League. So yeah. he's Flash's dad. That's, that's just neat. He's, he's, Dr. Manhattan is two Flash's dads. 
Dr. Manhattan has the power to jump between universes. And the day after Wally West became Dr. Manhattan, Dan DiDio no longer worked for DC. I'm not saying that the multiverse exists strictly due to the fact that the multiverse has to exist by definition. Dan DiDio is Dr. Manhattan, confirmed. Oh my god, I want I wanted to do a full, probably not episode, but I want to film a full video where it's like that It's Always Sunny clip where Charlie's talking about, now, these people don't even exist. And I'm, I'm go I, I literally have the notes with the string and I want to show everything that I feel about yeah, the multiverse to be true. Because <laughs> by back over the shoulder, let me explain. By definition, like in comics, all what ifs are just different universes, right? What ifs are awesome, yeah. And so in this, in real life, if you just say, what if this happened? What if we didn't win World War II? That's always everyone's go-to. There is a universe where that happened. So by definition, if you say, what if there is a universe where somebody can hop between universes? They can do that. Because that's just how the multiverse works. Mm -hmm. And so... We could be visited by real life comic characters one day. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm always about to write something whenever I pick up my pen, and then I say something that just needs a little flair, so I, I drop it. I yeah, but then it. you throw your pen, it. and you can't write it down, and you'll forget about it. It's you just it's, your it's dude. I kind of <laughs> I don't know what's up. <laughs> I've got the Jimmy Fallon throwing the camera at the or throwing the pen at the camera at the end of Weekend Update. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon is Dr. Manhattan confirmed. It's the only way. Like, <laughs> so Stan Lee being the Watcher is the only way his cameos make sense. Yes, Jimmy he's Fallon, the Watcher. He's Jimmy one Fallon, of them. Jimmy I'm Fallon sure being the Watcher. You know. Jimmy Fallon being Dr. Manhattan is the only way that that works for all of his DC cameos. Let's not forget that Jimmy Fallon also made an appearance in Jurassic World. <laughs> he hops between multiverses. He was yeah. on the little video screen when they were inside the little orb and they were traveling through the two suns, the two little... The two oh, kids. okay, yeah, yeah, No, I was, um, I was thinking about... Uh, I haven't finished The Boys yet. Uh, my buddy Bryce and I were on either episode... I think we're on episode three. Or we're One minute and 30 seconds remaining, just so you yes. know. I think we've seen episode three at this point. But, um, like, Jimmy Fallon was on that interblucent, and I'm just like... That that's so funny because that's exactly how that would go in real life. I'm surprised we haven't seen Tom Holland, <laughs> or I mean, we've seen Tom Holland on Jimmy Fallon. I'm surprised in the Marvel movies we haven't seen Peter Parker sitting like this in a chair and just like, yeah, you know, like so. So Spider Man, do you got a lady? <laughs> Find a kid. You got that's it. classified. <laughs> <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to what is technically the second episode of Key Comics Direct, featuring Evan and Danny. Yeah, and by the way, I'm going to be dropping a link in the description of this for the GoFundMe that I mentioned at the beginning, as well as a link to get a 10% off discount code with our friend Andrew, who runs iCollectibles online. I'll also leave their app in the description as well. Because you're watching this, they're a friend of ours, you're a friend of ours, you're a friend of theirs. That's how it works. So go get some discounts, right. get some cool pops, sign pops, cool stuff. How much time do we have left? 30 seconds. Okay, okay, and Robert, chill. Um, so I was going to – so I've been showing off a different thing each time. In the first episode, I showed off my Blue Nation ring. Second one, I showed off the tattoo because the ring was upstairs. In the third episode, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. 
This is a decal on my switch case. Look to the stars for hope burns bright. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Thanks, guys. Have a good day.